It is Friday, folks. Friday, I can't believe it. It's already, already Friday. I don't know about you, but it just seems like these weekends keep coming and coming and coming week after week. It's uh, it's crazy, huh? Man, I tell you, that's uh, something that typically people are really looking forward to, huh? The weekend. And you know what I've learned over the many, many years of um, of praying, many years of uh, of praying, of uh, studying the faith, of of doing spiritual reading, uh, reading about the lives of the saints. I've I've learned that uh, you know ideally every day would be a day that is uh, filled with joy, that is filled with God, and uh, it doesn't matter if it's a Monday or a Friday that uh, God God is with us. God loves us, God is for us, and not against us. And uh, that's something that uh, I think you kind of grow into. You know, I, I can look back at the history of, of just my marriage it's a, as an example. Take that one block of, of time of my life, the last uh, 16 years or so, and see that in the early part of my life, I mean, it was it was crazy, you know, the early, early part of our marriage because so much is happening. We're young. We're trying to, you know, make ends meet and, and figure out life and all that stuff. And it was just so different than my experience today. 16 years later with, uh, with four children, uh, three teenagers, 13, 14, and 15, and then a brand new baby, brand new baby that is one month old today. So happy one month anniversary or birthday, Zelly. <laughs> so that is amazing. But I tell you, you know, for lots of folks in the world, uh, we live for the weekend. We live for the weekend. And uh, today we're going to be talking a little bit about weekend stuff. You know, um, one of the most, I, think, I guess, popular pastimes uh, here in the United States in the summer uh, is grilling, you know, and it, it makes sense, doesn't it? Uh, when you uh, start the oven, kick the oven on in the house, in the summertime, especially down here in South Louisiana, uh, it's it's pretty hot, pretty hot. And, you know, ovens heat up not only themselves, but uh, the atmosphere around them. So your kitchen can be hot. Uh, the, the dining room area could be hot. Your house could get hot. And so in order to prevent or to, let's say, just, uh, well, to not heat the house up uh, unnecessarily, it's easy to go and uh, fire up the grill. So we are going to talk uh, grill today, just a few tips and, and tricks, perhaps, uh, to help you in, in your grilling forays out uh, this, this summer, these summer days here. Uh, we are, folks, I have to remind you again, this is the Catholic Foodie Show on you-supported Real Life Radio. We do say that, you know, we say that uh, Real Life Radio is you-supported, and there's a reason for that. I hope that you are curious about it, you know. Um, it's something that, that is uh, it's, it's a benefit to you. And if you want to find out what we mean by this, if it piqued your curiosity, you can find out why. Uh, you can find out how it benefits you also by going to realliferadio.com and clicking on the Care to Share link. Uh, again, I want to give a call out, a shout out uh, to you, an invitation to you to be part of the show here at the Catholic Foodie. There's two ways you can do that, two primary ways, at least two vocal ways that you could do that. The first is to call the voice feedback line. You can call that number any 
hour of the day or night. Uh, it's 985-635-4974. And just leave a message. Just leave a voice message. Maybe it's a question about grilling. Maybe it's a, a question about, I don't I don't know, Middle Eastern food, perhaps. Um, something along those lines. It doesn't even have to be a question. You can, you can tell me what's going on in your kitchen. I'd love to know. And uh, it's a way that you can be part of the show here, part of the Catholic Foodie Show. Uh, the good thing about that, you know, you call on that number and leaving that message is that I can play it right here on the show. It makes it very easy for me to do. Uh, 985-635-4974 is the number, the voice feedback line. You can also call... You can also call in live. See, that's the the beautiful thing here about live radio, about being part of uh, real life radio. And uh, the call in number is 855-949-1380, 855-949-1380. You can call that number right now. And uh, we're talking grilling today. We're talking, I am going to give you recipes. It is recipe Friday, so don't worry. I will be giving you a couple of recipes today um, and, and and also trying to talk a little grilling. You know, it's funny. I have a couple of shout outs I want to share with you before we get really into talking about food and, and cooking today. I mean, the first one is a shout out to CatholicMom.com. You know, yesterday I talked about meatless Fridays throughout the year. And toward the end of the the show, I um, I told you about CatholicMom.com and how they do have a a, a, a segment, a, a feature that they do uh, every week. It's it's uh, meatless meals. It's meatless meals on Fridays. And the whole point, the whole purpose behind that is to try to uh, encourage Catholics to embrace the invitation by the United States Catholic bishops uh, to to abstain from meat, not just on Fridays and Lent, but throughout the year. Uh, in an effort really to conscientiously, first of all, a conscientious effort, but also a communal effort where uh, we are, as Catholics, gathered together here in the United States um, is part of our identity, right? We're part of this this collective. As a community, we are beseeching the Lord for his grace, for his uh, His blessing upon our country, particularly on uh, the, the, the needs that we have in the areas of, of life, of, of marriage, and and of religious liberty here in in the United States. So, uh, awesome work they're doing over there at uh, CatholicMom.com. And uh, uh, Barb, who is uh, one of the editors there at, at Catholic Mom, she's also she blogs over at FranciscanMom.com as well. Barb uh, contacted me last evening and said that uh, she was going to run uh, an article this morning over at CatholicMom.com to to kind of help promote this show and what we're talking about here on the Catholic Foodie Show. And so, if you go to CatholicMom.com right now, you'll find it over there. Uh, if you do, please share it. Share it with your friends, share it with your enemies, share it with your family, share it with anybody uh, that you come across. Uh, CatholicMom.com provides excellent, excellent, inspiring content to help Catholic moms and Catholic families uh, and, and even those who are seeking, who are searching, who may not be Catholic, but but who are searching for God and searching for uh, the truth. So please do share that. And uh, you can also find the show notes for today's show and also all the previous shows over at catholicfoodie.com. A uh, cool thing about it, 
this live radio gig is that once it is uh, not live anymore, once it's over, it's not gone. Uh, it's available as a podcast on, on iTunes, uh, on Podbean, uh, any of the other podcatchers that you use. You can find it, uh, SoundCloud, um, y- you know, all of them. So we're out there. You can find, uh, I know, Real Life Radio, all of the podcasts, uh, all the radio shows they produce are released as podcasts at, uh, on, on their Podbean feed. You can find the link there. Uh, at realliferadio.com. Uh, CatholicFoodie.com is where you will find all my Catholic foodie content. And uh, I, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm happy that you're here with me today. All right, I said a couple of shout outs, right? A couple of shout outs. And I'm going to give you a couple of shout outs here. One was uh, for CatholicMom.com and the other is going to be to my friend David Hubble. Uh, David Hubble is in, I think, the Mobile area. And uh, David and I go back, uh, we've never met in person. Uh, that's that's a shame. We've never met in person. Although his cousins are uh, are in my parish. Small world, I'm telling you, small world. David uh, loves food. He loves to cook, a great cook. And um, one of his uh, uh, major uh, culinary inspirations is Chef John Foles. And I know that uh, uh, Chef John Foles has had David on his radio show. And uh, David is just amazing. He's, he's He has an uncanny ability to find stuff, right? Like resources. And he has over the years sent me so many different resources, things that I never would have found. And I, I want to thank David for that. And he just sent me something this morning and it kind of blew me away. It's like, how in the world I searched forever <laughs> to find out about the Cajun Chowhound. I, I mentioned this the other day on the show, we talked about culinary inspirations. And I said that, um, you know, one of my earliest culinary inspirations, but Besides uh, Justin Wilson, the Cajun uh, cook, Justin Wilson on on TV, uh, there was another one, and it was the, the Cajun Chowhound, who was a restaurant reviewer on PM Magazine in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, back in the 80s, early 80s, matter of fact, and uh, a rather large, portly gentleman uh, who drove a Big truck, big Bronco, bright, I think it was bright orange and black uh, Ford Bronco, loud and large. Okay, that's <laughs> the image I think that uh, that this character portrayed, loud and large. But he had a, a, a sidekick, and the sidekick was a basset hound named Spare Rib. And uh, this basset hound actually happened to be my dog. It was kind of a neat, uh, neat thing and how that happened. I talked about that the other day, though, on the show. If you missed it, you can go back a couple of days and listen to that. It's Culinary Inspirations. I talked about Chef Emeril Lagasse and his, uh, one of his cookbooks, at least, Louisiana Real and Rustic. Anyway, David heard the show, loved it, and, and he wrote into me uh, this morning and, and sent me an article an article that was in now that I'm, I'm going to forget about it. I think it was in the uh, the Baton Rouge. Is it even on here? Does it show it? I think it was in the, the Baton Rouge Advocate, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, it's an article from 1991. Let's see if I can find the date here. I don't see it. But it was 1991, 1981, I'm sorry, 1981. And it's an article on uh, the Cajun Chowhound. It says the best way to a viewer's heart. And it's kind of cut into two different uh, files here. Robert's appetite. And so the, the whole article is really about this guy who was the Cajun Chowhound. He went by the name Jay Roberts in Baton Rouge. And I, I, I mentioned I mentioned on um, the show the other day that 
this gentleman, um, you know, in my, in my, uh, in my youth, right. I'm probably 11 years old in 1981. I was 11, right. So 11, 12, 13 years old back then, my world was really small. So I only knew what I had been exposed to. And I, I saw this guy on, on TV. I didn't really know anything about him other than what I, I saw. And, uh, it was only a couple of years ago that I, I learned that, well, there was probably a little bit more to this gentleman than, than I knew in my young age. But of course, I have to tell you after the break, we are approaching a break here. So you are listening to the Catholic Foodie Show here on You Supported Real Life Radio. Uh, we have to take a break, but we'll be back in just a few minutes. Stay tuned. Catholic Foodie Show here on You Supported Real Life Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie. And we're talking today about, well, a few different things. We're going to talk grilling. I've got some recipes for you. And uh, we're also, right now, I'm still in the middle of telling you a story. A shout out to uh, my friend David Hubble in Mobile or somewhere thereabouts in Mobile, around there, Alabama. Uh, we're talking before the break about uh, this guy, the Cajun Chowhound, right? Which for me at the ages of uh, 11, 12, 13 was larger than life. And I thought it was just so cool because uh, I think about once a week or so, they would come and pick my dog up from the house and the big Bronco and uh, take my Basset Hound off to do a, a, a television segment, you know? And uh, anyway, uh, so that's pretty cool. And I, I, I was saying that I was so impressed with David because he's able to find information that, that <laughs> I don't know where he comes up with this stuff, but he sent me this article. Fantastic, uh, fantastic article. And it's funny. I mean, you're, I'm reading this stuff from, from 1981 and I'm going, holy crow. I can't believe they were writing this kind of stuff in 1981 in the papers. That's, <laughs> I mean, he was a larger than life dude. Okay. He was, and, uh, very portly and, uh, they, 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 you know, don't hold back, uh, talk about that and the way they present this uh, this news story. Very interesting. Very interesting indeed. I, I was mentioning to you that I had a hard time finding out anything about uh, this guy's real identity. It wasn't until about two years ago I was thinking about um, perhaps doing a, a, a very light and, and positive uh, uh, resurrection in a sense of the, the concept of the Cajun Chowhound and, and doing a, perhaps a, a second blog that was more secular in nature simply because it could reach more people. Um, and, and, and maybe do, uh, restaurant reviews and things like that, uh, as well and, and have not, not the Cajun Chowhound, uh, and then a sidekick spirit, but it was, the Cajun Chowhound would be this Basset Hound. That, that was my, my idea. And I was trying to find out who this guy was cause I didn't even remember his name. And, uh, in Baton Rouge, he went by the name of Jay Roberts and it was about two years ago. This was all on channel two in Baton Rouge. And a couple years ago, I, uh, I contacted the station, the TV station. I said, hey, does anybody know uh, who, anything about this guy? I have no idea, you know, who he was and, and maybe perhaps how I could 
track him down today. And uh, John Pastorak uh, contacted me from the from Channel Two, which I thought was just so cool. Uh, John is Catholic. Is one thing that that's not the the cool part about it, although that's that's pretty cool. But you know, this is a here I am years later. You know, years, years, years later, I'm 45 now. I'm looking back at when I was a teenager. John Pastorak was on the news every night. And uh, so for me, it was like, kind of like a movie star. You know, this is a guy who was a TV personality in, um, in Baton Rouge, been around forever. And um, uh, just so neat that he would email me and, and give me the information that, uh, that he had. And he really didn't have much. He did have the, the guy's real name. And said that all he could remember is that uh, the gentleman had a rather colorful past and um, uh, when I subsequently, when I looked up his his real name, I, I saw what he meant. So, yeah, that's um, not necessarily when I think of Cajun Chowhound, I'm thinking of that innocent. I'm a kid. I'm, you know, my, my dog's part of the part of the thing. And this is really cool. But in reality, uh, it wasn't all sweet and innocent. <laughs> I guess. I guess that's what it all boils down to. Anyway, David, thank you so much for sending that article in. Um, I, I think I will uh, probably post that if I can uh, over at catholicfoodie.com. So anybody who's looking for information, at least on uh, these old shows, this PM Magazine and the Cajun Chowhound, uh, will be able to find that. Now, I will have to say, though, there was something that was a little, you know, disappointing about this uh, because again, in my memory, I'm 11 years old, right? I'm 11 years old. And so I don't, I only knew what I knew at the time. And and here I am an adult, I'm looking back and, and I realized for the first time that my dog, Fred, was a fill in for the original spare rib who, I don't know what happened to him. He may have died. I have no idea. But apparently when the show first started, it started with a, a basset hound by the name of Barney. Well, Barney was not my dog, <laughs> not my dog at all. So um, anyway, I didn't know that, but at least my dog was there for a while. Kind of a movie star. I guess that's uh, better than nothing, right? Better than nothing. So, <laughs> well, the other day we were talking about, uh, uh, in the, along the same lines here, you know, in the same vein, we were talking about, um, culinary inspirations. And I mentioned to you, uh, Justin Wilson, and, uh, I told you that he was a, a guy who wasn't really Cajun. His, his wife, I believe was, was Cajun, but this guy did stand up comedy. He did comedy routines. He did, uh, tele- cooking shows before there was a food network. He was doing cooking shows, uh, local shows in, in New Orleans. And I mean, in Baton Rouge. And, uh, in addition to that, uh, he, um, he, he wrote books, he wrote cookbooks. Uh, the guy was pretty, uh, pretty prolific and, uh, but, but a real character. And when I think back to some of my early cooking inspirations, right? Culinary inspirations, this guy is, is one of them. And, you know, you have to think about it from this perspective. I got a clip here. I'm going to play for you uh, just to see, give you a little flavor here of, uh, of Justin Wilson and what that was, what that was like, but he wasn't Cajun. He, he kind of, uh, took on this persona and, uh, and if you think about it, you know, his impersonation, if you will, of, of a Cajun is a little bit over the top. And you can tell by the way, the words that he chooses to use and the, the, you know, the accent, everything about it was over the top, which is kind of what happens sometimes when you're doing these character type of, of portrayals. So, but very humorous. And, uh, I like this clip because he's talking about a chicken, chicken gumbo. It's not a chicken gumbo. It's a chicken gumbo. So let's take a listen to this. Mm. You know how come the chicken crossed the road, huh? 
uh, ready to run away from them Cajuns. I'll tell you right now, because <laughs> Cajuns will eat most anything, and they love to cook chicken. They love to eat chicken. That's for true. I'll tell you that right now. And uh, today I'm going to cook you some chicken gumbo with andouille in it. That's a sausage that's a, that we make in Louisiana just for making gumbo. It's a gumbo sausage. It's spelled A-N-D-O-U-I-L-L-E, andouille. Anybody know how to spell that? I'll guarantee you. <laughs> and it's a wonderful sausage, saucisse, sausage. It really is. Now, right now at all, what I would like to do is just tell you a story. I'm going to tell you a story before I get started. Because I like to did that. I like, just like to get myself in a good humor and everybody else is looking at me. <laughs> I'm going to stop it right there. He goes on to tell a story about uh, a woman uh, in Baton Rouge who called the, the cops because uh, of some, some – her neighbor was – well, it – I'll put the link to the video in the show notes over at catholicfree.com and you can check it out over there. It's pretty, quite, quite humorous, I think, quite humorous. So, uh, but that's a, just a little taste there of Justin Wilson and what that was all about. Uh, quite interesting. So let's, uh, let's talk today about grilling. Grilling, do you like to grill? Uh, do you have certain tips and tricks that you would like to share with folks about grilling? I did pose that question uh, on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter yesterday. And interestingly enough, I mean, we're talking America's greatest pastime, at least one of the greatest pastimes is grilling. I think the greatest pastime is tailgating, but oftentimes tailgating, you know, incorporates grilling. And uh, I was expecting this flood of, of comments and suggestions and tips, and I got about a handful. So I don't know what that says. I mean, when I threw the question out the other day, uh, asking about funky food combinations, I got more responses that I could uh, keep up with. And uh, when I ask about grilling, it's like, I hear crickets, you know, crickets. Where's everybody? What, what's that? What's happening here? So, but I do have some uh, some tips for you. I'm going to share you share with you some uh, tips that that other folks uh, shared with me. Very interesting. Very interesting indeed. Again, I want to remind you, if you have uh, tips and you want to share them with us right now, you can certainly do that. You can do that by calling calling in the show live. You can call 855-949-1380, 855-949-1380. I'd be happy to talk with you and listen to whatever you have to share as far as tips for grilling. Now, I have to tell you, I do have to tell you, I have a confession to make. And this is not a sacramental confession. This is a culinary confession. Uh, I'm not. I'm not necessarily the best person at uh, at the grill. I, I, I'm not. It's. Uh, I have had a number of what I term culinary catastrophes uh, at the grill, where I have either burned the grill up, uh, burned the food up, or almost caught a house on fire. So. <laughs> <laughs> always, always a lot of fun with me cooking, whether it's inside or out. Uh, but I, I'll tell you, I have. I've burned up a, a number of grills uh, in my life, both gas and charcoal. I don't know if that's a – should I be – referring to that almost as a badge of honor. I don't, I don't think so. Probably not. But one of the best stories I have about a, a culinary catastrophe was uh, I had just gotten a brand new gas grill, a big, nice gas grill. Uh, and I was on the back porch and this was, a, it was a raised house. And so we had a, a raised back porch and uh, beautiful afternoon. And just, of course, it's South Louisiana, it's summertime and uh, I'm grilling. 
And I got the, the, I don't know what I was even making at the time. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was chicken. I had chicken on the grill or something, just barbecuing some chicken. And I had the grill going and uh, it, it started to rain. I mean, this one, this happens. This happens in South Louisiana. It could be not a cloud in the sky, sunny, hot, no big deal. And within 15 minutes, it's cloudy, uh, thunderstorms, uh, thunder, lightning, very, very frightening, all that kind of stuff. And that's what happened. I mean, all of a sudden it starts to rain. And so I think, well, goodness gracious, I, I need to get the grill out of the rain. So I push it to underneath the, the eaves, you know, to, to keep the water from, from getting on it. Not even thinking about the vinyl siding on the house. <laughs> oh my goodness. Days later, guess what? My, my, my daughter's saying, well, what happened to the house? <laughs> Well, I hopefully have some better tips for you on grilling when we come back from the break. You're listening to The Catholic Foodie Show here on Real Life Radio. We'll be back in just a minute. Today on this Friday. That means it's recipe Friday. You know, I'm gonna give you at least one recipe. Probably two. We get to it. We're talking grilling today. We're talking <clears throat> excuse me. We're talking grilling today. We're talking about uh, culinary catastrophes. I, I was uh, just mentioning to uh, the executive producer of Awesomeness, uh, Jennifer, uh, during the break that, um, you know, my wife uh, frequently, frequently uh, when I grill uh, has, well, a very uh, cautious look that she gives me. <laughs> Because <laughs> she knows, she knows that uh, grilling is not my forte. It really isn't. It's it's challenging. You know, uh, the food comes out either raw in the middle or uh, or overcooked. And uh, I'm telling you that. That's why I was uh, sending out this SOS. You know, I wanted this feedback on, hey, what are your grilling tips? Because I need to learn. I need to learn. Uh, but that's uh, one thing I can say. I'm not afraid to try, and I'm not afraid to learn. I will get in there and burn things until they can't be burned anymore. I will get in there. And and try my best to do what I can when it comes to food and cooking. Uh, the kitchen is my playground. The, the backyard will be my playground with the grill. I, I have no fear of that. Uh, I can always go back out and, and, and buy some more food. Hopefully uh, not to burn it the second time. So uh, I, I did get a couple of responses. I did get a couple of responses uh, to de- uh, yesterday. Uh, I had this little call, this little call out, little shout out uh, on um, uh, Instagram and Twitter and, and Facebook uh, asking about backyard grilling. What tips and tricks do you think that I should include in the show? And I uh, had a couple of folks who, who did respond. Uh, uh, Betnet on Instagram. That's Domenico Bettinelli. Uh, Dom is a, is a friend of mine. He's uh, one of those. He's up in Boston, I believe. And uh, uh, we, we worked together on the CNMC uh, back in 2013. And he, his response was, 
He says, uh, don't clean your grill after you're done cooking. Wait until the next time you grill. Preheat the grill and then scrub it. It'll be much easier to clean. And if you season your grill with a paper towel soaked in oil before cooking, you will find cleanup to be a lot easier. Amen to that. You are absolutely right. Uh, thank you for, for that comment, Dom. I appreciate it. And also, uh, Roy Pettifees, another friend of mine. Uh, Roy and I were in the seminary together. This is going way back, way back when. This was uh, mid, uh, mid to late uh, 1990s, I believe, at uh, St. Joseph's Seminary College in Covington, Louisiana. Uh, it's attached to uh, St. Joseph Abbey with the Benedictines there. And uh, he and I, we were, I think, a couple of years apart, maybe a year apart, a couple of years apart. He is now uh, married with children in the Lafayette area of Louisiana. Uh, and he is, uh, he's wonderful. Great guy. Uh, does counseling. Uh, you can find him. I, w- I will put a link in the show notes uh, to his website. Uh, Roy Pettifees is an author as well. And man, he loves to cook. He just loves to cook. So Roy says, I totally, degree, uh, I totally agree with, uh, with BetNet. I uh, would also add that if at all possible, invest in some quality hard Hardwood charcoal, even the low-end hardwood charcoal, provides better flavor than the best briquettes. I have a green egg, and I use their brand, but before I'd use hardwood on a simple backyard pit, and it made a huge difference. And uh, see, these are the little intricacies of the grill that I really don't. I mean, it's, it's, to me, I don't know. I mean, I need someone to, to, to teach me, you know, to, to I need to learn. And that goes back, I guess, to the fact that... Uh, you know, when it comes to, um, when it comes to cooking, I'm self-taught. Uh, most of what I, I know I learned uh, over the years since I was, uh, a, a young, uh, adolescent, uh, in the kitchen, just practicing and then learning from others, uh, just self-taught, uh, never went to culinary school or anything like that. Um, and it's kind of like learning Spanish. You know, I lived in Mexico for two years and, uh, I learned Spanish when I was there. I, I actually, I, I, discovered that I had a, a facility for learning languages. It came very easy uh, for me. And uh, But here's the thing about it. it later on, after I, I went to college and, and I, I, I got a degree, uh, my, my degree ultimately is because I switched over to the seminary, my degree is in philosophy, but my, my, I have, I have the credits. I have the credits to have a, a major in Spanish. Okay. <laughs> but I didn't, that degree was never conferred. I got, I got one in, in philosophy. So, uh, but studying Spanish later, I would have people who would ask me, Oh, so you're fluent in Spanish. And it's like, well, yeah, I mean, about kind of like I am in English, you know, I mean, there's some things in English that I can't talk about, you know, because I, I may be, I may know some words, but I don't know the topic. And and so fluency is like that, you know, fluency is not an all or nothing thing. It's it's sort of like by degrees. And I think that goes for a lot of things in life, including uh, cooking, you know, I, I, I do a lot. I, I'm, I, I'm kind of like, uh, you know, playing, playing piano by ear. I can kind of cook by ear in the kitchen. When I get to the grill, it's a little challenging because it's, you know, one of the things I think that would help tremendously for me is to invest in a, uh, one of those digital, uh, uh thermometers, a little gun. It's like a little gun. You, you can point it at something and it'll, it'll read the temperature for you. Cause the hard part about 
grilling and the hard part about frying stuff as well is maintaining an even cooking temperature, right? Trying to maintain the same level, the same temperature. Uh, the grill starts out really, really hot and then can die down over time. Now you can moderate that by doing what? Ventilation. Uh, you can make it hotter with more ventilation. So if you put the, if you're talking about a charcoal uh, barbecue pit and you put the lid on, that's going to do a couple of things. First of all, it's going to moderate the ventilation and it's also kind of going to prevent flare ups. So if you're cooking something for a long period of time, you, you cook it with the lid on, it's going to prevent flare ups. You take the lid off. You have a more uh, there, there's there's more of a chance of flare ups that heat is going to intensify too throughout because you've got more air going to the the coals and and the and the coals will die out sooner too. So it, it's really it is an art form. You got to practice. You got to play. Uh, you just play around with it and, and kind of get get accustomed get accustomed to it. And um, so those are a couple of the comments that that were made. Now, actually, I have to say that uh, Roy Pettifees left a second comment, and his comment was um, on uh, on Instagram. He said, "Preheating is is something you want to do. Preheating to allow the grill grates uh, to heat to to temperature for several reasons: searing, char marks, and stick prevention. That that is true." Um, uh, you want to preheat your grill, allow those grates to get really hot, come to whatever temperature you need them to be for whatever you're cooking. And, and that does, I mean, if you're going to sear something, it helps for the, with searing, it helps for the, make it kind of beautiful, you know, with the char marks. Uh, if you want, if you're into presentation, like I am, I am, it's a, it's a good thing. Pretty plates are nice. Uh, and then also stick prevention. Cause what happens, boy, if it hits that thing, it's hot, it's going to cook and, 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 and uh, there's a term for it, and I can't think of the term right now. It's like searing, but it's different than searing. And so what it's going to do is it's actually going to prevent that, uh, that that food from sticking to the, the grates. Along with trying to grease or oil the, the grates first, that helps as well. I noticed this too when, when cooking hamburgers. If you're cooking burgers on charcoal, uh, open flame, like open grill, uh, you, you, you'll know when to turn them. If the, the, if the grill grates are hot enough, they're not going to stick when you go to cook. To, uh, to, to flip the burgers. So those are good tips. Thank you, Roy. And thank you, uh, Dom, for those, those tips. I appreciate that. You know, when we look at, uh, at other tips, of course, I'm not the only expert out there. There are many experts when it comes to cooking. I don't even consider myself an expert when it comes to the grill, as I, as I mentioned. And, uh, but there is somebody who is an expert. Let's take a listen to what uh, Emeril Lagasse, one of my culinary um uh, inspirations early on. Uh, let's listen to what he has to say about grilling and some top grilling tips here. Hey, people.com. Emma Lagasse here, and it's grilling season, and I got a few tips for you. First of all, don't ever be afraid, whether you're grilling steaks or chicken, to use a meat thermometer. But be sure that temperature is right. Number two, see these beautiful ears of corn here? Actually, what I did whole is soak them in a sink full of cold water for hours if you can. What happens is when you put them on the grill, you can see how I got them back like that. Very, very moist. And sometimes you don't only have to use butter. Butter's great, but sometimes I make a little queso, like a little cheese sauce, and dip them in a cheese sauce and just finish them in there. It's fantastic. Now, one other tip I want to share with you is a big mistake that people make is when they're adding barbecue sauce. 
It's not a marinade. It's a sauce. It's barbecue sauce. And so what you want to keep in mind is the lot of part of what you're cooking, whether it's a steak, whether it's chicken, whether it's ribs, add the sauce just towards the end. Because what happens if you do that in the beginning, the sugar in the barbecue sauce, uh, it's going to crystallize and then it's going to, it's sort of going to get charred. So you can see right at the end, I put my barbecue sauce just like this. And then what I'll do now is I'll just spread this a little, just to make it a little even. And you can always serve some of the sauce on the side. It doesn't have to be just on the cut of meat or chicken or whatever that you're cooking. And then what I do right at the end is just close the lid, or you can put a cover on it, and let it cook for about three or four minutes, and you'll start getting that nice barbecue glaze, which is absolutely perfect. Hey, I hope you enjoyed the tips, and have a good grilling season. Hey, awesome, that's great. Great, good tips there uh, from Emerald. I'm going to put the, uh, the, that video, I'll embed that in the show notes over at catholicfoodie.com. You know, that's one thing that I did know, um, you know, and I think I've, I learned this early on in life, is that uh, you, when you're, you're grilling something, you want to use barbecue sauce as an example. The sugar in that sauce is going to burn. So you always want to add that uh, right there at the, at the end. It's almost as a, an afterthought, if you will, an afterthought. Uh, so uh, just a few more grilling tips there from Emerald Lagasse. Thank you so much for that. And uh, you're listening to the Catholic Foodie Show here on You Supported Real Life Radio. We need to take a break. So we are going to be back uh, in just a minute. Show on You Supported Real Life Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Young, the Catholic foodie. And we're talking grilling today and uh, in this recipe Friday. It's recipe Friday. You know what I was thinking about? Should I share a recipe today that involves grilling? <laughs> and I guess I could. I guess I could. And that would probably be more appropriate. Bon appetit. But bon appetit. Oh, check that's so nice. That was uh that was Julia Child. Listen to that. Bon appetit. Bon appetit. I'll explain that later. <laughs> I was thinking, you know, should I do something on the grill? Should I do something on the grill? That'd be a lot of fun. But no, I don't. I don't want to do that today. Uh, when I was thinking recipes, uh, I, had, I had anticipated getting a ton of responses. So you know what this means? This means that, you know, you, you didn't respond and, and give me a tip, your own tip or suggestion on grilling. You, you're going to have to now. You need to go over to, to Facebook and leave a, a message or, or perhaps over at CatholicFoodie.com or... Better yet, give me a call, 985-635-4974, and leave me a message, a uh, voice message I could play here on the show, giving me your best grilling tips. I need to know them. Uh, I need to know them because I need to be better at grilling. And uh, and because of that, I'm going to share with you a different recipe today. It's not going to be on the grill. You know, it is summer 
time, folks. And one of the things that uh, are prevalent, uh, very, very uh, uh, prevalent here in the summertime is squash, summer squash. I'm talking about the crook-necked squash, the yellow squash with that little crane kind of crook neck there. And uh, this particular dish, this particular vegetable is very, very popular uh, with the Lebanese uh, down here in South Louisiana. And uh, the, 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 the word for that, the name for that in, uh, in Arabic is Kusa Meshi, Kusa Meshi. And uh, that, the folks down here, the Lebanese down here, at least uh, part of the extended family, uh, they're so fond of this dish, uh, the stuffed squash, uh, that they, they don't call it stuffed squash. They call it Kusa Meshi. You know, it's, it's interesting uh, these, um, uh, when it comes to language, you know, the same thing happened with the Italians, the same thing happened with other uh other uh, cultures when they came to the United States is that uh, for the most part, they really wanted to uh, integrate into uh, America and to, to be, you know, to speak English. I mean, say, we saw the same thing with the French here in Louisiana, uh, speak English, all that kind of stuff. But there's certain words that they usually kept um in their own language and still use some of the families still use them even today. Typically it's going to be the, the, the dirty words, <laughs> the bad words so they could say things uh, and you're not going to understand them. And also uh, the food because the food, the things that they love and, and, and they like to call them by the original names, those particular dishes. Kusameshi is one such dish. This is uh, Lebanese stuffed squash. The recipe is in my book, Around the Table with the Catholic Foodie Middle Eastern Cuisine. You can find that on Amazon.com. Also, Ligori is the publisher, so you can find it at Ligori.org. You can also find it at AquinasAndMore.com, uh, where our friend Ian Rutherford, he still has a, a promo code in effect right now for the listeners of the Catholic Foodie Show. If you uh, use the coupon code uh, foodie radio, you will get uh, free standard shipping on that. And that goes for anything you buy from Aquinas and more, not just uh, my book. And I also will tell you this, that if you are into having autographed copies of the book, uh, send me and you want one of, of my book, an autographed copy, send me an email. You can email me at jeff at catholicfoodie.com. I can make that happen. Uh, the list price, the book, the list price of the book is twenty five ninety nine. Uh, but for uh, for twenty five dollars, I just happen to have a few extras on hand. Uh, not that many. There's an event that uh, was supposed to happen later this month, and it's been postponed till September. So I find myself with some uh, extra books on hand. If you want uh, an autographed uh, copy of the book, send me an email. Jeff at CatholicFoodie.com. I can get you an autographed copy for $25 and uh, you get free shipping from me too. So that's just a temporary thing. It's not uh, forever, but for right now, uh, if you want a, a, a copy, let me know. Jeff at CatholicFoodie.com. So the recipe for this, for the stuffed squash is uh, in the book and so is the... Um, um, uh, the, the, the Labney or, or Laban, uh, um, uh, dip or sauce. It's kind of a yogurt, yogurt sauce that we use, uh, Labney, um, to, 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 
top the squash. I'm losing my train of thought here. Uh, that is also in the book. Now, this particular recipe you're also going to find over at catholicfoodie.com. The meshi, meshi is a, a, a filling, right? It's a it's a filling. Same kind of thing. It's really the same kind of uh, filling we would use for the Lebanese grape leaves. Uh, and I love, ooh, I just love Lebanese grape leaves. I have to give you that recipe soon uh, too. But for this, uh, for this particular recipe, you need uh, 18 to 24 medium yellow squash. Uh, and you want to core them and uh, you can core the necks as well. And uh, I find that a, a, a carrot peeler, one of those peelers does a really good job of coring, uh, particularly the, 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 the skinny necks of the, uh, the yellow squash. Uh, five homegrown tomatoes chopped, uh, four cloves of garlic crushed, two pounds of ground beef, one cup of long grain white rice, half a stick of butter softened, one and a half tablespoons kosher salt, one teaspoon of cayenne. That is to taste. You can always add more if you like. Uh, juice of one lemon, three or four sprigs of fresh mint chopped, and then two quarts of beef or chicken stock. Uh, you can use water, but you're not going to have the depth of flavor that you would get from uh, beef or chicken stock. I do have, incidentally, recipes for beef stock and chicken stock over at uh, catholicfoodie.com. I'll put links in the show notes to, uh, to, that, uh, to those recipes. All right, so what are you going to do? For the filling, you uh, combine the following ingredients in a large mixing bowl, the rice, the ground beef, three tomatoes uh, chopped right with their juice, uh, butter, uh, one tablespoon of salt, and the cayenne. And you want to just mix that well by hand and set it aside. Uh, you can really kind of massage that too, right? Massage it kind of well. Because when you do that meat, there's fat in the meat, and that fat will start to expand. The fat will start to gel. It really does kind of bring together into makes makes the, the meshy more cohesive. Uh, so you want to mix it well by hand and set that aside for the squash. Wash it well, slice off the necks and core. Uh, leave it a bit. You want to you slice the necks off. You know, you want to have a, a good little round tip at the, at the end. So what you're doing is you want to make it easy enough for you to scoop out everything from the, the big end of the squash and then also to kind of core, to, to scoop out and to core everything from that neck. Uh, so you want to cut it in the right spot. First of all, you want to leave about a quarter inch when you, when you core it, you want to leave about a quarter inch shell, uh, core the necks as best you can. A potato peeler or a carrot peeler works really well for me. Uh, rinse and drain the squash well, and then stuff each squash, the next two loosely, loosely, cause it's going to expand loosely with a filling. Then arrange them in a large pot so that the open ends of both the necks and the bodies, right, are facing up. You want to add the remaining tomatoes to the pot and sprinkle the squash with the remaining salt and chopped mint. Then fill the pot with either beef or chicken stock so that the squash are completely covered. Now, you hopefully you have put them into the pot in such a way that they're all going to be standing up straight. They're, 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 if you crowd them a bit, then they'll all balance out, you know, next to each other and they, they'll remain standing. And you, uh, you bring them to a, a hard boil and you allow them to boil for a few minutes and reduce the heat to medium Add the lemon juice, cover, and then simmer for 45 minutes. This is, uh, folks, this is the absolute best way that I love to eat squash. I know there's a ton of different ways you could do it. You know, you can uh, uh, make it into a soup. You could eat it uh, fresh. But this is my absolute favorite way to do it. 
And uh, when it's done, you can always take some Labin or Labney, and sometimes at least with the extended family down here, they use those terms interchangeably. Essentially what it is, is it's a, a Lebanese yogurt. It's a very, uh, I've also heard it described as a, a Lebanese yogurt cheese. And what you're doing is we would mix that with some lemon juice and add a dash of salt. All of it's to taste, by the way. But what you want to be able to do is you, you would mix the lemon juice and salt together with this, uh, this yogurt, and you could even use full-fat Greek yogurt works really well, uh, and it's kind of a creamy, lemony uh, taste, and uh, you want to be able to, to, to put a dollop of, uh, of this stuff on each squash once it is served. Uh, and if you're like my family, you'll probably be going back for a second dollop. <laughs> Isn't that cool? I think so. I think so. So that's a recipe for kusameshi, for Lebanese stuffed squash. You'll find that over at catholicfoodie.com. And, uh, you know, I tell you, I'd love to know what you have going on on the weekends. I'd love to know what you have going on on the grill. I'm still looking for grilling tips. Please do help me out. Uh, and you can always do that by calling the voice feedback line. I'll give that to you again. It is 985-635-4974. 985-635-4974. You can call that number day or night. Leave a message and I can play it here on the show. Very exciting. Well, I have uh, some good things planned for this weekend. It's going to be kind of relaxing. My baby, baby Zelly, is one month old today. That's pretty exciting. Going to spend some time with her this evening, and uh, I'll be cooking for the family tomorrow. And will it be on the grill or not? Hmm. I'll have to let you guess on that one. We'll see. I'll report back maybe on Monday. But you are listening to the Catholic Foodie Show here on You Supported Real Life Radio. I'm so uh, excited that uh, that you have been with us today. We do have some guests coming up next week. I've got a couple of guests lined up. So that's going to be new and different, something I'm excited about. Share with you some, uh, some new cookbooks that are coming out. And uh, can't wait to share that with you. I hope you have a great weekend. Very, uh, very exciting time. Always time for family and friends friends. And thank you so much for being with me here on the Catholic Foodie Show on You Supported Real Life Radio. Until tomorrow, bon appetit. SQPN, leading the way in Catholic new media.